Welcome to Four Scores. I'm your host, John Burlingame. This podcast series brings together the most accomplished film and television composers and reveals the emotional journeys, inspirations, and unique challenges of their work. In this episode, I sat down with Oscar-winning songwriters Kristen Anderson Lopez and Robert Lopez. They met at a songwriting workshop and got married four years later. Since then, they've collaborated on the unforgettable songs heard in films like Coco, Frozen, and their latest, Frozen 2, which continues the story of Elsa the Snow Queen and her sister Anna as they travel far away from home in search of the meaning behind Elsa's wintry powers and their mysterious past. So we're here with Kristen Anderson Lopez and Bobby Lopez. Thank you guys for being here. Thanks for having Thanks us. Thanks for having us. This is Bobby's favorite, favorite thing. He listens to this podcast. He loves oh, it. I love the show. He, he times his weeks and his schedules. I'm like, oh, <laughs> there's a new podcast out. Oh, thank you so much. <laughs> so I suspect that most of our listeners know that you two won the Oscar for writing Let It Go for the first Frozen movie, although they may not know that you also have a second Oscar for Remember Me from the Pixar film Coco just two years ago. That's me right. Too. Yes. Well, we're here to talk about Frozen 2. And in fact, this isn't your second time around with these characters, right? <laughs> um, no, this is our fourth. We did a short, right? We did a we did the making today a perfect day for you short, and then we did um, an expanded version of the first Frozen, and turned that into a Broadway musical, which is now touring and coming to LA um, in December. Great. So when did you start on this one, the film, Frozen 2, and to what degree were you guys involved in the creation of the story? Well, um, weren't, we weren't involved from the very beginning. The, the directors, Jennifer Lee and, and Chris Buck, they got the idea to expand the story, to, to take it forward in time, and they, they figured out a theme, a beautiful theme of change and growth and maturity um, that they pitch to us. Um, and that was in the middle of us working on the Broadway musical. Oh, so the musical had already started. We at had that already point. started. We I think we were already starting on I know we were already starting on writing songs. Which Jen was also involved with, right? Yes. Oh, yeah. Jen Jen wrote the book for the Broadway musical. So okay. we really never left Arendelle. Everyone keeps saying, you know, welcome back to Arendelle. <laughs> We've been here. It's been an eight year <laughs> yeah, long about to play leave. date. <laughs> <laughs> As you guys were talking story points, did you start thinking about songs immediately, or was this a gradual process? It's in the back of your mind that you want to have a story that can sing, um, but that was the great thing about their idea. It was full of emotion, it was full of discovery, and those are the two things you really need uh, to have songs that burst out. But we didn't know the story, and we, we talked to... Chris and Jen and the team uh, on a daily basis for a few years, really, before we were able to put any pen to paper. And one of the things um, that's really important, at least for me, is to make sure that there's something in the story that they're telling that really resonates with my experiences and my emotions. And so we knew we were telling this story about um, sort of Elsa's journey to figure out her purpose and where she most belongs in the world. This idea of... of expanding the definition of true love. The first one expanded the definition of true love to familial love. And this next one was expanding the definition of true love to include when you find your purpose and where you belong. And I 
I knew that story because I had grown up doing musicals in my backyard and stuff, but I had downloaded the narrative that I was a musical theater performer, even though I had been directing and writing early on. And it took me a very, very long time to realize, like, you know what, this performing, I was playing a lot of nuns in New Hampshire. I was definitely (laughs) feeling this call in my gut of, like, is this really what I'm meant to be doing? Is this really my dream? And I started having to do the scary work of saying, maybe I don't want to be an actress on Broadway. Maybe I want to be something else. I, I went and worked with schizophrenic patients for a while at the Bronx VA hospital. I taught. And then someone said, you know what? You're a lyricist. Because I used to rewrite song, lyrics to all the songs. And I was like, what do I do with that? And they sent me to the BMI Musical Theater Workshop. And I played my first song and people laughed and I could see people leaning in. And it really did feel like this arrival. This is what I'm supposed to do. I'm supposed to write musicals for other people to sing. Um, and so looking at this journey of Elsa, figuring out what what does she do with this power? Where does she belong? Was something I knew I could I could speak to. So that's kind of interesting. And to me, it's sort of philosophical in nature. How do you translate that into music and lyrics? Well, well, uh, it's funny. The song we've been talking most about uh, in this lead up to Frozen 2 is called Into the Unknown. I can hear you, but I won't. Some look for trouble while others don't. There's a thousand reasons I should go about my day And ignore your whispers, which I wish would go away, oh Which is a song that Elsa sings, and it's also a bit of a duet And that was sort of the key to finding this journey for her We musically dramatize the call that she's experiencing No one else can hear this call And it's calling her away from everything that's comfortable Everything she knows, everyone she loves and to make this very difficult and challenging and dangerous journey to find the place where she really belongs. It is really a metaphor for anyone who feels that restlessness in their soul of like, is this really what my life is supposed to be? Um, no, keep going. Oh, right. Yeah. And, and I think what's great about the song is that at the beginning of the song, her attitude is, no, I don't want, I don't want this. I don't hear you. I'm, I'm ignoring you. And then by the end of the song, we see that she can't resist it. She has to go, and she has to uh, she has to respond to the call. And once she does, we're off and running. That's the that's the movie. Yeah, she's sort of embracing her destiny at that point, and so that's like a critical moment in the storytelling. Well, it's it's the I want song, and it is the catalyst of the story. It's this voice that that she can't ignore. That's that's calling her away from everything she knows and loves. I find it fascinating that you guys actually had daily conversations for something like four years while you were putting all this together. Does that mean that you guys were actually sort of collaborating not only on the songs, but in the story itself? Absolutely. Um, we, we inspire each other. So, I, and I, this time, because we are like family and you just know like, oh, that might've been my idea or that might've been their idea. I, I don't know how to answer some of these questions anymore <laughs> of who, who has ownership of the idea. Is this like building a Broadway show, in a way? 
It's not a Broadway show, but it, there is an element of it that is a musical, and the story has to be told through music in the important parts. It also needs to be other things. It needs to be an adventure story. It needs to be an animated, uh, funny cartoon. It needs to be a lot of things. But yes, we are breaking an original story with the team, and uh, and it's tough. We always talked about it as Act Two of Frozen. Frozen One is Act One of the greater musical. And then Frozen 2 is Act 2. So there's not, it's not like, ooh, we're in, we're completely off in a different world. It's that everything that happened in Frozen 1 leads to this moment now. We've, we, like Elsa is free. She's accepted by her community. But you still have the question during the six-year intermission we took <laughs> of why does she have these powers? Where do they come from? You come back to Act 2 and you get to... Uh, to experience, okay, this is where we start. There has been a happy ending, especially for Anna, but for Elsa, there's more to say. And for Anna now, she has to grow by by letting go a little bit. She's mm-hmm. she's lived her whole life to connect with her sister. What is your journey when your whole life has been about somebody else? You guys uh, were inspired by a trip that you took. Maybe we should talk a little bit about that. Sure. I mean, we we wanted to go to, uh, we'd never been to Scandinavia, but we had written this musical that is largely based on Scandinavian culture. And, and my stuff. people are from Scandinavia. That's true. Kristen is I'm, part I'm Swedish. I'm Swedish and I'm part, um, it's not, it's the Sami culture of Finland. I found out I'm 1% that. And I'm part <laughs> Filipino, which is, Kind of close to Scandinavia, so <laughs> thought we'd hit that too. So what about the trip? And was that at all inspirational or in any way helpful in terms of what you would create? Absolutely. I mean, that part of the world has a mystical quality to it. And that's why all those songs have that mystical quality to them as well. You know, walking in a Norwegian forest, it feels like the forest is a character. The trees are are darker and living in a way that's different than a North American forest. Yeah, there's a reason why trolls and, and all these amazing mythic characters come out of Scandinavia. And the idea of a journey originated there. The idea of these sagas where people got on boats, these Vikings went all over the place and colonized Iceland and all that stuff. And of course, there's an enchanted forest at the center of this new story. There is. So talking about our trip with the story team and with Jennifer Lee and Chris Buck, who took a much more research-based trip. This was a family trip that we took. Um, They actually went and went all over the north of this world. And Jen came back with a giant playground that the rest of us were going to be playing in for the next four years. She came back and drew this map that was like, uh, it looked like... um, a Tolkien kind of map of like, here's Arendelle. Okay, then if you go north, there's where she built the castle. There's the forest. There's the sea. And Jen also had felt, um, you know, they had spoken very closely with the Sami people who said, you know, when nature speaks, you listen. Um, And nature was speaking to Jen through her getting hurt a lot in the forest. Like the forest was tripping her (laughs) and she just felt... Like the forest was after her. And I think that that really excited her imagination. And these are the kind of things that as songwriters, she comes back and we get inspired to be like, ooh, that's a song. Yeah. That's a song for somebody dealing with that kind of fear. So uh, any of the songs in the final version of the film directly related to this? Well, Olaf has a moment that he's in the forest 
and the forest is coming alive as a, in a in a way he's not very used to. Um, and I think I think Jen's story about the forest inspired that. But also, when you're working on these films and you're trying to create an original story while also landing moments that you know can lock and go into production, you yourself as an artist feel like you are in some sort of enchanted forest that will not let you out, that is <laughs> really painful and scary. And you keep sort of holding on to the mantra of trust the process, trust your collaborators. This will all make sense six months from now. Yeah, I, I, I enjoyed um, that piece because it, we it's a it's an Olaf song, a little like in summer, a soft shoe, a, a 32 bar standard Gershwin-y type of song. But um, interjecting uh, and interrupting the song are these sort of uh, horror movie kind of uh, kind of stabs by the strings and the whole thing started to take on sort of this Scooby-Doo spooky ghost season goblinsy kind of uh, kind of bounce to it and we put in things like uh, the the um, Ond Martineau which is a, a crazy instrument that that they use in Ghostbusters it's a sort of a woo-woo machine and that was inspired by Dave Metzger our we call him the secret sauce of Frozen Dave Metzger does all of our orchestrations for all of our songs. And Bobby and Dave can just go for days talking about weird instruments the and how they work. Theremins, we, we put in the electric harpsichord, the solid body harpsichord, and um, we put in uh, vibraphone and electric guitar. It's, there's a lot of fun stuff in there. Four Scores is brought to you by the Four Scores Playlist, featuring music and interview clips from each composer featured in the podcast series, including Kristen Anderson Lopez and Robert Lopez's music from Frozen, Coco, and Frozen 2. The Four Scores Playlist is available on all major music streaming services. Experience the magic behind the music you love whenever you want. I have to ask you about one of my favorite songs in the score, which is the lullaby, All Is Found. What inspired it and why it's important in this story. Where the north wind meets the sea There's a river full of memory Sleep, my darling, safe and sound For in this river all is found We had been talking about the story. We knew there was going to be a prologue, and we knew that the mother was going to reveal something about the past, but not that much, basically uh, introduce the mystery of the past. We knew the mother had a secret to tell, uh, that she was going to tell um, in in some kind of code. And we thought, what better than a a musical code? What better than a lullaby to to sing the, the girls to sleep, but it would be something that they'd carry with them into their adult lives and could be reprised later? Um, and so we uh, we made up a little poem, basically, to that hid within it um, the idea of the wind, the uh, the river that uh, that holds memory, a mother full of memory. Yeah. And and we um, we also listened to a lot of Scandinavian songs and folk songs and lullabies, which are which all have this sort of minor, hypnotic, and quite beautiful sound. And they're often played on this instrument called a contelay 
which is like a little uh, dulcimer um, that you hold in your lap. And uh, that's the sound we used for it. That's fascinating. Almost everybody gets a song here, I think, in this movie. Absolutely. Um, everyone except for Sterling K. Brown and Martha Plimpton. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm, I'm sure they're still berating you for that. Yeah. <laughs> next, next time, next time. But uh, Some Things Never Change has everybody singing. That's right. Um, we had actually written an I Want or sort of a Welcome Back to Arendelle kind of song, which featured Anna going through the town singing My Home. You can hear it on the deluxe album. And Kristen Bell loves it. And She's like, if we ever get to do a concert, please let me do Home. Um, but what we found was that just touching base with Anna led us to have to do a lot of exposition for Kristoff and Elsa and everybody else. Um, so we needed to go back and do the Welcome Back to Arendelle through Some Things Never Change. So you get Anna, who's had her happy ending and is holding on to it tight. Um, the holding on tight to you, I think, is a really important um, secondary thing, hook. Secondary hook that we sneak in because that is going to be Anna's transformation through the movie. She's going to have to let go of everybody. Um, and we get to see Kristoff. We get all that exposition of he's going to propose. He's got the ring and he's going to go with his gut on how to do it. And then you get to Elsa and you already slam into the moment of like, there's a call. And like the winds are restless. You already know Elsa's restless and there's a call coming. So you don't have to do a ton of exposition. At the same time, you see that she's so grateful for these three years that she's had. She's so grateful to have this community and to have her sister. She can't freeze the moment, but she's going to seize the day. Um, that she wishes she could just say like, oh, I wish I were content right here. It goes to show you there's like, this is how a lot of opening numbers get written. You write one towards the beginning of the process that you think will do. Um, and then by the time you finish the story, you kind of know what opening number you really need to be able to introduce it properly. You could never write that in the beginning. Yeah. I have yet to have a project where I didn't have to rewrite the opening number right at the end. Yeah. yeah. It always works that way. And Kristoff gets a song, which actually kind of surprised me. And I must say, Kristoff and Sven really yeah. kind of get a song. That's right. That's right. <laughs> Thank you for making that distinction, because I think Sven gets one of the most important lines in that song. Um, when you sort of go into fantasy Sven, he says, you feel what you feel and your feelings are real, which is really the what we wanted the world, um, especially any boys, to hear. So many boys are kind of shut down emotionally in a yeah. very tragic way in childhood. Yeah. In, the, in the first movie, Kristoff really didn't have a moment to sing. Everybody wanted to hear Jonathan Groff sing something. So, And he's great, and it's fun. Oh, oh he's yeah. wonderful. It's like an 80s power ballad. Exactly. Um, oh, and we chose that because the song has to do a, a several duties in the film. We've just had some heavy stuff happen. It's our last chance to really have fun in the film. So there are two final pretty big songs. One of them is Elsa's and one of them is Anna's, and they are kind of heavy. I think that it was really important for us. They have to hold all of Frozen 1 and Frozen 2, so they needed to be powerful and emotional and epic in scope. Um, and they also needed to be sort of the culmination of the, of the transformation both girls needed in order to be whole, adult, powerful people. Where they belong. Um, and, I mean, it, the story dictated that we needed to write a second song for Elsa because it's all about this call that she hears calling her 
to where she belongs. And then the, the middle of the movie is the journey to get there. And then when she gets there, there's a natural place for a song. As Kristen said, this moment of arrival. And it was a challenge to write Show Yourself because we, you know, it had to bear so much story. We didn't know so much about how the movie was going to unfold at the end. So we wrote a version of it that was, I think, six minutes long um, and had to change it. We changed the feel, we changed the content, and, uh, and we changed the ending a lot over the course of about six months and different storyboards, different, whole different ideas for the ending. It was a, it was a big workshop. So you actually do then get to look at art and storyboards and maybe even animatics during the process? Absolutely. Um, We worked really closely with Mark Smith, who was head of story and then director of story I saw in the end credits. He played an important role in the first movie we did. I think he did Do You Want to Build a Snowman with us. Mm -hmm. Um, In this one, Show Yourself almost killed us (laughs) because it... It had to hold so much story, and meanwhile, there was so much story in flux. So we had to keep rewriting and reiterating. To the um, point where we didn't know who the voice was going to be revealed to be. Wow. <laughs> wow. Um, that changed a couple of times. And, and the final song we hear, which is called The Next Right Thing, I think is one of the best things you guys have ever written. Aww. I found um, it so emotional. Thank you. It, it's actually the second song that we wrote for this film. I'm very proud of this song because I think I I poured a lot of my own dark moments of, of grief and not knowing how to get to the next minute uh, into this song. Bobby, you know, he had lost his mother and had had his own dark moments as well of that. Yeah, it's been a it's been an emotional few years since um, since the first movie came out. And all of this finds its way into your work. Absolutely. Uh, the lyric-driven songs that we've been writing, and, and Next Right Thing was a was a sheet of paper that Kristen just handed to me, and um, I used to put up more of a fight when Kristen would just have already written something. But he did, uh, he did. But I, but now nowadays, <laughs> big, big one. And with this song, though, I mean, I remember thinking like, this is just, this really is amazing, and I can't wait to. to I, the music just came right off the page. It was it was really inspiring to me. He had sort of written this lullaby music, and that inspired me to write the lyric. Like we, what he does at the piano, and the way that he can also take like the slightest direction and make it and transform it. It's just him going like, "Oh, it needs a sixth. And <laughs> I, <laughs> but I don't have that ability. I count on him to in um, our communication to try and try and really build something so it's like two people thinking with one mind. Do we need to mic the piano? No, I think it's all right. I think he did. Oh, we did. Great. Okay, so we had this vamp um, that we were excited to use um, for this song, where Elsa kind of is wrestling with this voice. Uh, I thought I thought this might be a good way to start the song. Kristen said, because I thought it had a hypnotic feeling, and we wanted Elsa to be almost hypnotized by the voice. But from the story, we knew it was three in the morning, and she'd been woken by the DSRA voice, the old tradition that, uh, that's been used for centuries by composers. Yeah, to denote danger or death. 
Yes. Uh, and this, this voice is calling out uh, and, and luring Elsa to we don't know where. <clears throat> so I said, can you make it more three in the morning? Like, she's, she's wandering the castle alone. Well, if we use the diasire for the voice, then we could make it minor and add a sixth, and, uh, and it would feel kind of 3 a.m. Oh, actually, it goes. So you get that. I can hear you. Yeah. Sorry, I always jump in on the vamp halfway through. Sorry, I thought Sorry. you were going to do the voice. Oh, oh, oh no, no. I'm not doing the okay. voice today. No one's doing the voice. <laughs> you do the voice. Okay, it goes, uh, let's try that again. Okay, so, so we thought this might be a little more 3 a.m.-ish. I can hear you, but I won't. Some look for trouble, while others don't. There's a thousand reasons I should go about my day And ignore your whispers, which I wish would go away oh. So it had that sort of, uh, you know, it's the middle of the night kind of kind of uh, air of mystery to it. And mystery was always a good thing when we kept, when we would find those textures, because it's a, it's a mystery at the same time it's an adventure and a musical, so... Um, Which is a great moment to go into the lullaby, because I think the first thing we wrote was the lullaby inspired by Scandinavian lullabies, and it, Bobby sort of channeled yeah. his um, love of Nordic myth, uh, Nordic-inspired yeah. myth, and Lord of the Rings. And... Yeah, the Kalevala. <laughs> okay, here we go. Um... I mean, that sounds like mystery to me, right? Where the north wind meets the sea there's a river full of memory. Sleep, my darling, safe and sound. For in this river all is found. Um, and now we should I give him... I also thought that this might also sort of hint at let it go a little bit. The, uh, that, uh, that's, the oh, sort of yeah. the, that's the Elsa interval there. Right. Wow. <laughs> so we know now that Let It Go has become an iconic empowerment anthem in the past six years. Was there ever any sense that you somehow needed to top it this time? Everyone keeps asking us this. And the the nice thing is it comes from the top down. Um, Jen and Chris definitely said, we aren't going to try and recreate Frozen 1. We want to do a more mature, deeper film. Um, and so we never felt that fear of having to write a Let It Go. In fact, the the first song we wrote was this lullaby, and then the next song we wrote was Do the Next Right Thing, which is the one they were like, this, we're going to build the movie around this song. Um, like this, that song stayed, and we were going to build to it. And to me, that was so brave. So you have two daughters of your own. Is there anything in your lives as parents that has found its way into writing for the sisters? I, I mean, writing for the sisters to begin with was inspired by us being parents of two girls. Bobby was approached about this project. About Frozen, uh, about 2011, I think. And they, they showed me um, this beautiful artwork and it was two little girls um, 
one of them creating a cloud of snowflakes and the other one just dancing around and overjoyed and in an adoration of the older sister. And I just knew that, <laughs> that you know, it, it would fill us with so much inspiration and especially Kristen, because Kristen comes from a family of sisters too. He had just come off of Book of Mormon um, and he was, he really could have had a whole career writing really edgy comedy. Um, but the fact that he was like, I think I want to work with Kristen on this very female-driven project um, really shows, like, Bobby also inspires me with his growth mindset when he's like, I've done that already. Now I'd like to try something new. I mean, I, half, of, half of what I've learned has just been from stepping back and listening to Kristen and listening to our collaborators and learning, learning from them and realizing I don't need to hold all the answers and I don't need to always be funny and I and I don't and I and I can I can grow in this in this art form that I love. I like this listening to Kristen thing. <laughs> <laughs> Kristen who? We love your work. Thank you guys for being with us today. It's so much fun to talk with you. Thank you, John. Thank you, John. We love your podcast. <laughs> Thanks so much. <laughs> Thank you for listening to Four Scores. Please subscribe and make sure to share this episode with your music loving friends. It'd also be great if you can rate it because that really helps others find the series. See you next time. Watch Frozen and Frozen 2 and listen to the soundtracks wherever movies and music are enjoyed.